discography, Crash Course of Music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Edip. And I'm the Alive Reagans. <laughs> wow, that's like the polar opposite of who we're going to be talking about. Uh, that's right, we are talking about the Dead Kennedys. And I've already said beforehand that I expect at one point I will accidentally call them the Dead Milkmen. But the two bands couldn't be, you know, even though they're part of that whole post-punk, you know, uh, feel. The, the two bands really couldn't be any further apart as far as their subject matter, matter. The, you know, one is is kind of a light, fun, punky band. The other one is kind of angry and, and wants to tell you about it, but does it in a funny way. Uh, we'll talk about that. Um, before we even get started with this, what'd you think of the week, Kevin? Uh, I've, well, part of this week was fun and part of this mm-hmm. week was not fun. And sometimes having the dead Kennedys be the soundtrack for the week I've had uh, didn't yeah. help. And then sometimes it did. So that's yeah. what I'll say. That's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, that's probably a very good way of, of, um, of, of talking that you've had some difficult times, yeah, we've, but not. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't been as consistent as regular because of uh family, you know, my dad's really very sick. And so we've kind of been, pushing things and trying to make things work the best we can as a show to work around the schedule that, that this has caused. And so, yeah, so I appreciate the patience of everybody. Of course. Absolutely. Family first. It's a, a mantra of any podcast that I belong to. And I know that it extends to podcasters that I work with. Let's get to this. Um, oh, wait, dead- wait, wait. Language, <laughs> language. Let's talk a language. Oh, yes. Yes. All right. This is a not safe for work, not safe for children episode of soundography. There's song titles. Um, there might even be clips that contain words that you probably don't want your small children to hear or repeat in front of family. Uh, or even, or, the or, even, or even topic. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so just be aware that uh, we always try strive to be uh, family friendly on this show, but this time just because of the subject manager, it's very unlikely that this will be an episode that will remain completely uh, clear of the, the swears. However, if you're in Cambodia on holiday, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure. Or, uh, or, or California. Oberales, <laughs> California. Okay, before, before we get into this, though, you actually sent me a clip of him talking and talking yeah. about the sparks. And I'll put a yes. little bit of it right about here, probably. Hello. Young lovers, it's Jello Biafra here, and not too many people know that one of the great unacknowledged influences on me, Dead Kennedys, and all the other dumb stuff I've done over the years is, you guessed it, Sparks. When I first tried out Woofer and Tweeter's clothing in a used record store, I thought they were the worst band. But I he had sounds ever a lot like Dr. Demento. He does. He's got a very like, hello, folks, this is Jello Biafra. <laughs> like it's very, it's that, it's that kind of cheerful waiting for a horn to hunt kind of sound that we're used to with Dr. Demento. And, and, and he was talking about the sparks, oh. which is even more apropos for Dr. Demento. The word, uh, quit putting the word the in front of their name. They're not the sparks. Okay. Sorry. Or I'll start calling it the mushroom head or the Spock's beard. <laughs> Remember when we listened to the Spock's beard? Yes. <laughs> so anyway, but he was talking sparks. Yes. And which even made yeah. it more apropos for Dr. Demento. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the show, but uh, yeah, Sparks, big influence on Jello and the Dead Kennedys. Man, their tentacles is, uh, reach everywhere. They really do. It's Sparks, like a, they really do. It's like a 
a Japanese tentacle monster reaching through the music landscape. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you watch the beginning of that documentary, and we did yep. watch that, that documentary, the Sparks Brothers documentary, and it's literally a who's who of musicians and famous people who are like, oh, yeah, I love Sparks, but I don't talk about it because... You don't know who else likes Sparks and you don't want to get that blank look when you bring up Sparks. Yeah. So, However, when you do, everyone knows you're cool. Yes, exactly. It's the way I feel about exactly. Dream Theater. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've, uh, <laughs> listen, we've, I've experienced Dream Theater live. Yeah, now. you have. I think I have since our last recording, but still. Um, all right, let's get to it. Let's jump into this. Uh, the Dead Kennedys were formed in San Francisco in 1978 by Raymond Pepperell. By the way, they're just Dead Kennedys, not the Dead Kennedys. Let's see if I, how many times I can screw that up <laughs> after pitching about this part. <laughs> the lineup was East Bay Ray, born Raymond Pepperell. No, it's just Pepperell. lineup, not the lineup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he really threw me off there. Uh, Klaus Floride, whose real name is Jeffrey Lyle. Of course, Jello Biafra. Uh, whose real name is Eric Reed Boucher or Boucher, 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 and uh, was born in Boulder, Colorado, I might add, just up the way from me. Ted, Bruce uh, Schlesinger, and uh, 6025 Carlos Cadona. This lineup recorded the first set of demos, and their first live show was in July of 1978. They actually opened for Deviate, uh, Negative Trend, and The Offs were the headliners of that show. There there was a club here in Salt Lake called Deviate for a very long time in the 80s and 90s. Just there was one here too. I feel like that was, a, that was like once people said, oh, we could put a number in the name of something and make it really cool. That feels like the, the lowest hanging fruit because <laughs> you yeah. had one, we had one, this band was... Uh, who who, who that knows? Name. They might have been a franchise from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage, uh, all ages club, deviate. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. Uh, because of the pro provocative nature of the band's name, they sometimes played under pseudonyms. Yeah, some of these names were the DKs, the Sharks, the Crimisicles, the Creamsicles, I'm sorry, the Creamsicles, <laughs> and the Pink Twinkies. It's not like a medical term, the Crimisicles. Yeah. Uh, I typed like, this oh, so no, long ago. I typed this so long ago. I can't even remember. I know. I know. <laughs> it's funny because when I read the the name that is D and K apostrophe S, I just thought, okay, blah, 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 you know, run right over it. But saying it, oh, the DKs, which is funny because it's kind of like deviate, a little, mm -hmm. uh, a word that you say by saying two letters. They performed on November 22nd, 1978 at Mabahay Gardens. The owner stated that there were protests because it was the 15th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination. The wow. band stated that the name was more about the death of the American dream than any one person, which based on their lyrics, I kind of lean into. Have you seen that picture that uh, runs sure. on the Internet of the photoshopped uh, John Wayne? Uh, uh, yeah. Not, what's his name? Ruby. Uh, Jack Ruby shooting. Lee Harvey Oswald, Oswald. where they're while playing yeah. instruments. Oh, <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. And yeah. Cause uh, the way that uh, Oswald is bending over, it looks like he's ripping out some hot lick on the guitar. Yeah. yeah. All right. 6025 left the band in early 1979. And in June of that year, the first single was California Uberalis. I can't just read the title without singing it. I am Governor Terry Brown. I are a smile. Soon I will be president. 
They wanted a tour of the East Coast after that. It was poorly attended. No one knew who they were. And there was no album that people could listen to. So the tour was kind of just a trip around up and down the East Coast. No kidding. I guess you just have to hope that there are people who are who happen to be in the club and, and stay there while you perform. In early 1980, they recorded and released Holiday in Cambodia. Fresh Fruit for Riding Vegetables, their first album. Drummer Bruce Lessinger was featured on one track, and it also had Carlos Cadona on guitars. The album cover features a photo of police cars on fire during the 1979 White Night Riots. Those riots were in response to a light sentence given to a San Francisco supervisor for murder, for the murders of George Moscone and Harvey Milk. Yeah, so if you've seen the... The Sean Penn uh, biopic on Milk. Um, you, you've seen, you heard about that. So their cover of I Fought the Law has altered lyrics mentioning this event. The reviewer for The Village Voice compared Jello Biafra's voice to Tiny Tim's. I get it. There's like a little, there's a weird little waveriness to it. Like, yeah, like it's, you know, I can only do it by putting my hand on my neck and, and vibrating it. It manually. sounds like a, thinking of it now, it sounds like he's a little, the, the what is it? The, the lollipop the guild Munchkins? from uh, yeah. The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz, yeah, the Munchkins, yeah, for sure. We represent, I'm going to change my cover, actually. My cover recommendation, I think. Uh, <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, the Lollipop Guild. It's like, you just hear it. Yeah. We represent the Lollipop Guild. The effing Lollipop yeah. Guild. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, except the song would be lyrics about, well, I don't know, we'll get into that. Because um, there's a definite theme yes. that I love about their lyrics. Uh, for collectors, uh, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables has a huge number of variations of covers, remasters, bootlegs, and alternate pressings. There is a documentary called Fresh Fruit for Rotting Eyeballs that is a 55-minute history of the band that, uh, and this first album. It was included with the 25th anniversary release of the album. Uh, in the summer of 1980, they were asked to play the Bay Area Music Awards. They were asked to play California Uberalis, but they came on stage and they were wearing white shirts with a big S on the front. They then had ties that they were making it look like a dollar sign, and they played Pull My Strings, which is all about rock and roll and payola and uh, money for uh, labels and stuff like that. They only played this song twice, and it was the only time it was recorded, and they released this version in 1987. Yeah, that's a that that version like the it's on their live album, which is um, uh, I'll pull it up here because I actually really enjoyed the live album a lot. Uh, it's called uh, "Give Me Convenience or Give Me Death." A lot of great live tracks on this thing, and that one. Hearing them talk about like, and now it's time for a sad song or something like that, and then they go to pull my strings. So I do it's have really to funny. I do have to say. The live albums, I think, do them more justice because the chaos yes. of the way they deliver everything is way more believable and acceptable in a live setting than hearing it kind of in a K 
hand studio recording. It sounds almost yeah. too clean to be it's what it is. Too, right. It feels like you, you, their mayhem without knowing it is just like that in the live recordings. It almost could feel like rehearsed mayhem, Yeah, but it's not, it's genuine. It's genuine, but clean mayhem. Like everybody in that band, very talented with their, their performance and their instruments. And that's what makes it so cool is that they're able to sound that frenetic and that out of control while being in control. I, I really like that. It, it just, the live, the live stuff fits way more. I would have been happy if all of their albums had been like live recordings because yeah. I mean, yeah. we need to have the studio things. Cause that's, I mean, that's what the music business is, Sure, but sure. live recordings seem to, it's like kiss. I hate to say it yeah. this way, but, Kiss is way better yeah, live than they are live. And, yeah. and I think the Dead Kennedys are the same way. I think so too. You know, and talking, let's talk since, since I brought up Pull My Strings and that's like a perfect example of this thing. But the way a lot of their songs, lyrics are written, they're, they're, they're protesty anger songs. They're written from the person, from the perspective of the person or people or the, the uh, group of people that piss Jello Biafra off the most. And... And the song is almost like a laundry list of them talking about doing the things that piss them off. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but it would the equivalent would be like this. The lyrics of this is a you know bad example, but this would be like if I wrote a song about I'm the person in the checkout line who brings 14 items to a 10 item line. I'm gonna <laughs> lay them out one by one and make sure that none of them have eat up. I'll eat up all of your time. Exactly. And make sure that none of them have price tags on them. Yep. That's the kind of the way he writes his lyrics. And I love that. Like it's a, it, there's no other protest song writer that I, that I can think of that writes from that perspective. And one of my picks was purely based on, on that, that method of delivery. So you just described Jerry Seinfeld meets Dr. Demento in a punk band. Ha! <laughs> if if Jerry Seinfeld got on stage and said, I'm an airline attendant, I'm going to give you the worst food possible. I'm going to give you your choice of chicken or fish. That's kind of basically what, you know, the equivalent of if, if Jerry Seinfeld did Jello Biafra, that's what it would sound so like. So I, I, I did for half a second think that you're going to make yeah. some, uh, some song up about how Richard Cheese was a terrible person. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> Been done to death. <laughs> and really, it's like I don't, I don't hate the guy. I'll cut that part out. It was just, it was just, yeah. uh, it was just <laughs> when you first said, "Oh, it's a terrible example." But I'm like, "Oh, here comes yeah, the Richard right. Cheese song." Here comes Richard Cheese. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go to a concert and spit on all the people who are gonna try to share me on social media. <laughs> so, that's what those lyrics would sound like. You could keep that. I don't care. That's okay. Fine. All right. It, pff, yeah. Even if he listens to the show, I don't think he he, he cares. He you know. He knows what he did. Plus, plus our, you know, it's, it's not even a legitimate internet feud. It's just, you know, yeah. Blah. Anyway, in 1981, DH uh, his real name, Darren Henley replaced Ted on drums. Polydor records was looking to sign the band, but they backed out when they found out that the next single was called too drunk to fight. I 
this single caused fears in the UK because if it reached the top 30, it would be mentioned on the show Top of the Pops. <laughs> it was never played, but the presenter, Tony Blackburn, called it Too Drunk by the Dead Kennedys. Did he even say? Oh Kennedy? no! I'm sorry. Kennedys? Too Did drunk by the Kennedys. That's right. Too drunk by the Kennedys. Like, like, uh, I'm scared about this whole thing. What, what am I going to do when CeeLo Green has his biggest? Yeah, <laughs> I can't say dead or the F word. Exactly. The yeah. BBC, the Queen will have my head. <laughs> they followed that up in 1981 with an EP called In God We Trust Incorporated. This is a move to a more hardcore and thrash sound. The cover caused issues with... Yep. I, I want to throw this out there because in 1981 yeah. was one of these guys kind of first hit my radar. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Okay. And so I was living in Virginia at the time and mm -hmm. that EP was everywhere. Really? That summer. Oh, wow. All my friends okay. had it. I felt like I was the only kid on the planet who didn't own that single. Uh, one kid huh. got sent home from school because he was wearing the In God We Trust uh, yeah. album cover on his shirt. The album cover, yeah. right. So uh, he got sent home. I, it was everywhere. And I remember I listened to it and I didn't think, I didn't get it. Like it was just, I was still three years away from Ride the Lightning entering my life. So, sure. you sure. know, this was, this was a little bit too much for me at the time, but now revisiting it, it's, 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 it's comfort food for me. Yeah. I, um, uh, that's interesting. I did not hear about this band until probably 86 or 87. I was hanging out with a, with a crowd that was more into the punk music in high school. And, uh, yeah, otherwise never even thought about, never even heard of these guys until then. And even then it was like, oh, California Borales. Okay. And, and I, all right, I guess it's okay. And then it just kind of went right by me. Like it didn't, it wasn't until later. And I'll talk actually about that moment that uh, that they became a little bit more important and and uh, relevant to me later on in this uh, later on in this program. That's a tease, everybody. That's that's me teasing. We should break for commercials right now. <laughs> and now, message from Purple Mattress. Uh, the album cover uh, of the aforementioned T-shirt. Listen, I, we we warned people at the beginning of the show, so I feel like I could do anything yeah, now. Yep. The uh, album cover on that kid's T-shirt caused issues with some because it depicted a gold Christ figure on a cross of dollar bills. The lyrics were a collection of harsh and biting political commentary. No surprise. Moral majority and Nazi punks fuck off showed them as the voices of social protest. They also covered Rawhide. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> Listen, they can do both kinds of music, country and Western. <laughs> uh, in 1982, they released Plastic Surgery Disasters. The album cover photo had won the World Press Photo Award in 1980 and showed an African child's hand being held and... Uh, dwarfed? What's that word? Dwarfed? Oh, dwarfed. Okay. Yeah. It's a real word, Drawfed. Brian. I looked it up. Yeah. But that's not what you typed. Yeah, it is. No, you typed draft. Drafted. <laughs> I'm looking at that like, what? What real word can I make out of that thing? 
oh, I needed this. Thank you so much. I am so glad I mistyped that word. <laughs> Funny. All right, here we go. I'm trying to figure out how I... How I, I think we just leave it all in. Stuff. Just keep going. Roll with it. Okay, dwarf. <laughs> I am a white man's hand. This album, oddly enough, showed jazz influence in among the hardcore and thrash sounds. This added a more informed use of dynamics far and above what had they'd done in the, in the past albums. I mean, it was... <laughs> it's rare. It's rare that I'll break out laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I needed this too. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> you want to do that one again? Yeah. This added a, a more informed use of dynamics far and above and beyond uh, what they'd done in previous albums. They're like turning into informed musicians at this point. For sure, yeah. The the the, the um the way that uh, one reviewer described it, basically somewhere between Fresh Fruit and Plastic Surgery, the band really like Jello Biafra made the band learn their instruments better. Like he was kind of a little taskmaster. Also, about there's it. a little bit more money heard in this album too. Sure, but they're never they never ever felt like a no. It was never polished. Like I'm a, just saying it sounded yeah, exactly better. Like or they a sellout for yeah, that matter. Yeah, like. The money they got went into the band. Yeah, no, sure. the, no, I'm not saying that anything about being slick or polished. This was just sounded yeah. like there was like 25 more dollars spent on the recording equipment. Uh, they'd become a well-known political force, taking aim at the religious right, Reagan-era policies, and the idle rich. 1985, they released Frankenchrist. This showed a growth in musical talent and maturity in songwriting. Klaus released an experimental EP called Cha 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 with Mr. Fluoride. I love the title of that. Uh, yeah, this album started including uh, horns and synths, which they hadn't had in their music beforehand. The most notable songs, again, had social commentary at the forefront. Uh, MTV, Get Off the Air, <laughs> and Jocko Rama. Uh, the H.R. Giger artwork that was used as an insert in the album caused some controversy as well. Yeah, it's a little piece called Penis Landscape. I have not seen this, and I'm going to look it up as soon as we're done. But I'm going to use safe. I'm going to use it as an incognito window search. So no, that my, way you're, uh, that way it doesn't tie into our search from uh, a typo negative. Exactly. Yes. Oh, geez. Oh, those album covers. This drew the attention of the PMRC after a parent called the L.A. Prosecutor's Office. The band and those involved with the distribution of the album were charged with dealing harmful material to children. For a few of the defendants, the case was dismissed. But for the last two, it went to trial and ended with a hung jury in favor of acquittal. Uh, the prosecutors pushed for a retrial, but the judge denied the motion. However, the album was banned in many stores around the country. The hardcore music scene had been going through some changes. It was drawing a more violent audience, and those groups were alienating many that had been initially drawn to the free thinking and socially aware uh, music that had that they had drawn uh, been drawn to the music since the beginning. Uh, around this time, Biafra wrote "Chicken Shit Conformist" and "Anarchy for Sale" about the dumbing down and marketing of punk music. Is it the state of mind? 
about being affected by the 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 uh, those very same labels that he wrote about uh, yep. in Pull My Strings, and also those people in line with the uh, you know fourteen and a ten item line people. Oh yes, exactly. Where's that? Where's that song, Jello? In 1986, they released Bedtime for Democracy. This album cover showed a defaced Statue of Liberty overrun with Nazi media, opportunists, and many other groups. This album is made up of short, fast songs with other more directed pieces spread throughout the album. The band split up in early 86 before Bedtime was released, and they played their last show in February of 1986. Uh, Biafra released several spoken word albums uh, covering his political views. The others went on to other musical ventures. Uh, in 2001, Ray, Polygrown Fluoride. <laughs> Have you been injured in an accident? Call the law. Ray, Polygrown Fluoride. <laughs> low, low hanging fruit there, I guess. They reformed the band with Brandon Cruz on vocals. Oh, I'm sure that made Jello Biafra happy. They played their first shows under the name DK Kennedy's. Uh, they, re- they changed back to the original name shortly after. Cruz left the band in 2003 and was replaced by Jeff Penalty. They released two live albums, Mutiny on the Bay and Live at the Deaf Club. These were shows from 79 and 86, respectively. Gotcha. So these would have been ones with, with Jello, uh, Jello yeah. as part of the lineup. Uh, in 2007, a best of album called Milking the Sacred Cow was released. It contained two unreleased versions of Soup is Good Food and Jocko Rama. Nice. Ron Skip Greer replaced Jeff in 2008. In 2010, there were plans for a short tour. They had reworked... Yeah, the MTV Get Off My Air to be MP3 Get Off My Web. Oh, it's funny. Like just uh, they candle in the wind that to make it more relevant to new audiences. <laughs> I, think it's probably better. I think it's better than candle in the wind. Oh, for sure. For sure. In 2019, they released DK 40, a live compilation of, of songs uh, covering 40 years of the band. And in 2022, D.H. Peligro died of an overdose of heroin and fentanyl. I'm of the opinion that when we link to the album, we link to that DK 40. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a good, uh, yeah, because it's live and we, we're saying that they're a better band when you listen to their live yeah. music. I agree. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Hammond, tell me some statistics and general notes. In the 90s, there was an intra-band dispute over underpaid royalties. Biafra tried to pass it off as an accounting error, but in 1998, the lawsuit was filed. And in 2000, a jury ruled in favor of the past members. Biafra was forced to hand over the rights to the majority of the of the Dead Kennedys back catalog. Several DVDs and reissues have been released since the band broke up and Biafra calls them nothing but cash grabs. Which is funny because if he's making money off of it still, then, or maybe he's not and that's why he calls it cash grabs. I don't know. Probably, yeah. I mean, that feels like, uh, I mean, it feels like anything that they that they would do from from after the point that he left, he would not be happy with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. A lounge yeah. version of Too Drunk was used in Planet Terror by Nouval Vague. Do you have that? Went to a party. I danced all night. I drank 16 beers and started up a fight. Because now I'm cheated. 
de Velvage, yeah. They've, um, they, that's a band that does these really cool loungy covers of, um, of punk songs, new wave songs. Um, they're really, really good. Are they, speaking of, that's weird that that's come up in light of the jokes we made earlier today. What's that? The other lounge singer parody guy. Oh, <laughs> so totally different. Like, could not be, like, these guys do it with some genuine heart and love for the music. Mm -hmm. uh, Richard Cheese is, you know, it's a parody. It's a comedy thing okay. from a guy who does comedy. Yeah. yeah. All right. They license songs uh, to, to the remake of Manchurian Candidate and to Tony Hawk Pro Skater, the video game. Oh, interesting. Uh, new music. I'm sure Jello, sure Jello wasn't involved in those negotiations <laughs> either. New music, uh, what is it? New Music Express? Is that Express, what they, yeah. yeah. They listed, uh, I'll just say, a Dead Kennedys album, probably Fresh Fruit, at 365 <laughs> and the greatest 500 albums of all time. That's cool. And then Fresh Fruit, okay, is one is on the list of 1,001 albums you must listen to before you die. Wow. I tried looking that list I, up, and it's not an easy list to find. I found sections of it, but not the full list. Oh, interesting. I wonder why. Because it's a yeah. thousand one albums, I think probably pretty long. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Someone gets tired and quits, and then starts a new website and starts it over again. I mean, I, I don't know if I could listen to one thousand one albums before I, I die. You, That's a long. I, I bet you between the two of us, but well, each yeah, of we us, we probably. Could. I mean, yeah. we've probably covered half, if not more, just in our own personal listening. For sure. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, uh, Hammond. Let's say you see the band in concert. What is the, kind of the guaranteed song that you're going to hear from the Dead Kennedys? All right. So I picked on my list, Too Drunk, California Uber Alice, and Nazi Punks. However, I think the song we're guaranteed to hear, no matter what, is Holiday in Cambodia. Well, I'm pulling up setlist.fm, which for whatever reason was not coming up in my um, Safari browser. That's really weird. I had to pull it up in Brave. I've been using Vivaldi and I love it. Really? Yeah. I have to check it out. Vivaldi. Is it a, a Mac or um It's a it's a Mac it's it's it works in Mac, Mac but it's, it's a Chrome it's a Chrome based browser, kinda like oh, Brave. Okay. And, cool. and uh it's snappy, it's well laid out. I've it's it's now on iOS devices too, so it syncs across all devices. Cool. All yeah. right. I'm in. I might have to check it out. Uh, so you're saying that Holiday in Cambodia, that's your guess, Hammond? Yep. yep. It is absolutely correct. Holiday in Cambodia, their most played song. Yeah, even like it's a big jump, honestly, to like California Uberalis. Uh Police Truck, number two, Too Drunk to Fuck, number three, Kill the Poor, Bleed for Me, California Uberalis, Nazi Punks Fuck Off, Let's Lynch the Landlord, Chemical Warfare, and Forward to Death, rounding out the top 10. But number 11 is their Viva Las Vegas, their Elvis Presley cover. We'll talk about that in a second. I wonder who uh, picked that one. Yeah, I wonder who. I like talking about that, though, and their version of it, so it's going to be a fun little discussion. Um, before we get to talking about our picks, let's talk about covers, other uh, covers, and who you would like them to hear. I mean, I'm really thinking the Lollipop Guild song from The Wizard of Oz would be a great <laughs> one to hear. Jello be off for due. So that's, I mean, I, I can't rule that one out completely. However, the one I'm going to choose... I in the Sky by Alan Parsons Project. 
Yeah, it's not going to be that. Good guess, though. <laughs> no, it's the uh, South Park theme by Primus, the theme to the TV show South Park. Why did I pick that? Well, here's a little story I'm going to tell you. Back in 2006, uh, Coverville had been uh, going on for a couple of years. As a matter of fact, I just had the 19th anniversary of Coverville. Uh, but it had been going on for a couple of years. And the summer of 2006, during the South Park Music Festival, was it the summer? I can't remember when they actually do that, what time of year they do it. I was invited to go speak at a panel about the introduction of podcasting. Basically, once the once iTunes picked up podcasting, that was really like the, oh, let's all talk about it. Every news article and everything was all like you know, reaching out to the podcasters about what they do and what their show is. Uh, I was invited to go speak at the South Park Music Festival, which doesn't have anything to do with with South Park, the cartoon, even though obviously it takes place in South Park, the, the, the cartoon does, but not put on by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Um, also on that panel was a guy named Jello Biafra, <laughs> who was, was there to talk about uh, I think the the panel was new media in music. And so I was there representing podcasting, Jello Biafra. I'm not sure what he was representing, um, but it did give me a chance to talk with him beforehand. And this is where like, I had just kind of been discovering the Dead Kennedys music before that. So I was like, oh yeah, California Borales and, and all this stuff. And he was the nicest guy no surprise. And I wish I would have known that he liked Sparks because I would have, that would have covered two hours of chat, I'm sure, with Jello <laughs> Would have been us, us gushing about Sparks. But it was, um, no, we were just talking about music and, and new media and podcasting. And he was sounded really, really interested and curious about it. And there was definitely some negativity from him about radio, like what radio is and how he wasn't surprised about the invention of podcasting because radio's gotten radio's gotten so homogenized Brian and, uh, <laughs> anything the little people can do to get away from radio that's, I'm sure that's exactly what it sounds like follow the yellow brick but, road Brian right to podcasting exactly, exactly. <laughs> but anyway so because of that like I'll always associate uh, uh, Jello Biafra and the Dead Kennedys with South Park even though there's no other connection that they have to that TV show or anything but I'd still love to hear him do the uh, South Park theme. That'd be good. Hammond, what's your choice? So I leaned into the political nature of dead, dead, the yeah. Dead Kennedys, and I picked Ohio. And I feel like this is almost like a no-brainer. I felt kind of guilty picking it because it felt like low-hanging fruit. But yeah. I could definitely see them doing the cover of this very, very easily. Oh, for sure. I've always thought of that as a, I mean, really, it's a Neil Young song that he happened to record with, a different with group. With Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, no, that's a great one. And uh, yeah, would they, <laughs> would, I mean, he, he, they would definitely have to do it straight. They couldn't let Jello uh, rewrite the lyrics into no. being, I'm going to shoot up a whole bunch of college students. Uh, and that's and, the thing. Uh, and for people who aren't familiar, this is the song Ohio, where they talk about the four dead in Ohio, where the, the police killed the students during the, the, the protest. The riots. So yeah. It's, yeah, it wasn't even a riot. No, it was, it was a protest. Yeah, was and a, they just totally yeah. overreacted to it. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's a thugs. very politically charged song, and uh, having them, I mean, they could perform a Chumbawamba and do a, a mass like supergroup <laughs> cover of it. They could. It's just funny. I mean, we know because we did the show, but it's still funny to me to think of Chumbawamba as a protest group, but they <laughs> so totally are. It, just, it was shocking. So, 
it was shocking. It was like uh, eye-opening to discover that. (laughs) Yeah, even Siri is stymied by that whole thing. Oh, my gosh. This show's a mess. It is a mess, but it's perfect for dead Kennedys. You know, it's like it feels like like if we were going to have a show that we're where we'd be stumbling over words or getting phrases wrong or whatever, it, 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 you know, way more appropriate here than for I think. I think, the, I think our next uh, merchandising item should be a shirt that has that dwarfed, draft on the back <laughs> Dra- of it. Draw it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, we'll talk about playlists in a second, but I wanted to ask you, you know, when we were doing the, um, the last show, the Lincoln Park show, I told you about that magic mind stuff that I'd been uh, trying out. Did you, did you ever end up getting some of that? Oh my gosh, Brian, I've been meaning to thank you. So as you know, I'm kind of a tightly wound guy. I I Mm -hmm. don't sit on tasks. Usually I'm always kind of (laughs) anxious to be done with things. And you get started immediately when, when, there's something to be done. I've noticed that. But like I see notes in here, you know, weeks in advance uh, that we're doing. And that's really the only way I can feel relaxed if it's my to-do sheet is clear. But mm-hmm. it's been great because I've been really productive and I haven't felt that like compulsive need to do everything. But the things I've done, I've done really well. So I, my gosh, this has been a godsend. That's cool. So um, did you did you start to notice like after three or four days, that's when you started to kind of pick up? That was what it was for me. I don't know if everybody's constitution is different. but So I don't, I usually like, I don't know, three, four times a week, I have a cup of tea in the morning, but I usually mm-hmm. just wake up, get dressed and come downstairs and go to work. So I actually yeah. kept the the little containers right near my work desk and I would, Oh, that's smart. And when I sit down in the morning and check my email, I just crack one open and and have a drink and you are not kidding. They taste really good. I mean, I I was worried. I was worried, you know, cause these things, you know, you told me that the, you know, they taste good, but (laughs) you don't like yogurt soda. So, Hey, no, I do not. Yeah, the fact that these, you know, they they look, uh, they're green. You know, thinking, okay, I'm going to have a wheatgrass shot or I'm having a kale shot or something. No, it's like I'm having matcha and it's really good, tasty and doesn't doesn't taste like, you know, sweet, sugary, sour energy drink or, or something that's going to spike me up. It was something that uh, has also maybe I, I've, I've been kind of beaten Scott in uh, uh, TMS trivia in the mornings and uh, not just with the... The, the quick wit on the responses and things like that. But when we're playing a game, we've got TV's Travis who comes in and has us uh, compete with trivia. I've noticed that I've been beaten him pretty handily. And that could be, I noticed that there's something else in there called Bacopa Manieri. I had to look it up. It's a nootropic that uh, improves your attention span, your ability to process and learn new information and your memory. And it's really helping with these uh, trivia quizzes that we're doing with TV's Travis. You know, it's interesting you said that because my wife noticed that I was less uh, kind of flighty with my conversation just in general. Because I, I have a tendency to go down rabbit holes and tangents yeah. when even when I'm just talking with her. And she noticed that I was way more directed. I was way more focused. And there were far fewer pers- like self-interruptions as we were talking. Nice. Nice boy. Uh, when you can get a <laughs> when you can get a positive note from your wife on stuff like that, that's that's obviously very huge. I don't feel like I'm having I'm drinking as much coffee either, right? It used to be like I'd be drinking that just to kind of keep me centered and focused. And like you said, it made me all jittery and twitchy, but uh I'm able to scale back on that because I'm doing this magic mind stuff. It's really, really good. Well, the thing that I noticed too is that, you know, also when you're 
get to the mid part of the afternoon, you start craving something either sweet or something yeah. to kind of get that energy going again, like kind of that sugar rush to kind of get you through that right. last little bit of the workday. And I right. haven't had to reach for, you know, a handful of Skittles uh, or, or anything like that in, in a week. And it's been fantastic. It's a really good point. Yeah. Behind me, I've got a, uh, a candy jar that's full of everlasting gobstoppers. Note, uh, misleading. They're not everlasting. Just going <laughs> to let you know that. Wonka, if you're listening. But um, yeah, I've noticed that I haven't had to, I haven't touched that thing. That dish is uh, still as full as it was a few weeks ago. All right. Well, here's the thing. You, you've tried it, Hammond, and we're going to let the listeners know about it too. It's called Magic Mind. You can find it at magicmind.com slash sound. That's how they know you came from us. Magicmind.com slash sound. And you can get a discount up to 50% by using this code SOUND20, S-O-U-N-D-2-0. If you want to give it a shot, that's a great code to use. Of course, if you want to just try one or two, starting next month or starting in January, I guess that's this month, you're going to be able to find it in all Sprouts Farmer's Market stores across the country. So look for it right there, Magic Mind, or visit them online, magicmind.com slash sound, and use our coupon code Sound twenty. Oh, now I'm mean, to be interesting to see how long, how how long it takes us to shake writing twenty twenty three on all of our papers. <laughs> I know. Well, there there's some things that even uh, even magic mind might, <laughs> might not be able to, to help. <laughs> Let's talk about our set list. This is where we pick a few songs that that uh, really illustrate the band. And it's, I didn't realize there was a greatest hits album. And I'm I'm staying away from the obvious ones like Too Drunk to Fuck, Holiday in Cambodia, and California Uber All Us. I love all, I do really like all those songs, but uh, uh, staying away from those. However, my first pick is probably, even without looking at it, I'm guessing is on that greatest hits album. And it is their cover of Elvis Presley's Viva Las Vegas. From their album Fresh Fruit for Running Vegetables. I, I figure... That song has to be done so totally ironically. There is no way that Jello Biafra uh, would sing a song that's an homage to uh, a city that's as capitalist as as it gets. Yep, uh, being Las Vegas, and, and uh, uh, he might like it ironically. He might, you know, I I, I think that if. Jello Biafra goes to Vegas. He's hanging out in the Arts District or he's hanging out downtown. He is not going anywhere near the Strip. Uh, but it must drive him, the city must just drive him crazy. But I think that kind of all makes the song a little bit better when you listen to it. Uh, the next song I picked also comes from that same album. It's called Stealing People's Mail. I happen to have the lyrics in front of me while I was listening to this song and it just cracked me up and so I had to include it because it really is, you know, them going through and listing all the things that that had they really stolen people's mail that they would have found like 
but birthday cards and cash and, and and checks and stuff like that that, that uh, they got from people's mail. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about uh, the the songwriting, you know, where you tell the song or sing the song from the perspective of the person or the group that you hate. And the Goons of Hazard from Frankenchrist is the epitome of this to me. It's basically him being one of the uh, the kind of the stereotypical redneck pickup truck driving people that he must hate <laughs> that picked on him all through high school at Boulder High or whichever one he went, probably Fairview. Uh, and just singing from their perspective sarcastically about all the crap that they do that drives him nuts. And I love that. Let's get to a couple of covers uh, that just our featured Jello Biafra kind of solo. This first one is uh, no surprise when you talk about him and, and the love for Sparks. He's he's not just a fan of Sparks. They He says that they were a huge influence on the sound and feel of the Dead Kennedys and, uh, and hospitality on parade. By then we'll be rid of your lot A shot around the world will soon be shot Will soon be shot Till then, have some tea and tobacco. Hey, Jenny, meet your master. Be nice, show him kindness. Is the song that he did with um, the Goddammits. The Goddammits. Uh, for the Sparks tribute album called Rainbow Over the Freeway. Um, they do the song straight up, right? The Goddammits do the song straight up, and Jello chimes in with lyrics from other Sparks songs that I think might be pulled from the audio clip about him gushing about Sparks that I sent you, Hammond. So okay. I think they just took, you know, where he starts singing Sparks lyrics that he really loves. I think they just took those and overlaid them on the <laughs> song that they did, which is so funny and is so totally, uh, so it's so totally punk. Uh, my last cover is one that he actually did pretty straight. He covered it like really, uh, really clean and it's a, a, a Willie Nelson song from a tribute from 2007 uh, the song is called Still is Still Moving to Me It's just Jello Biafra solo, and it's really, really good. Uh, it's a, it's a good uh, another good cover. Hammond, what are your what are your five? All right, so my first one I picked was Chemical Warfare from Fresh Fruit. This is a great song and it encapsulated a sound and feel of the era of like this burgeoning sound of, of uh, the dead Kennedys. However, when I first saw the name on the album, I thought it was a cover of the Slayer song, chemical warfare. And I have to admit, I was a little disappointed when it wasn't right. <laughs> Just a little. I know. 
Just a little bit, yeah. When you see a title like that, and it's a, like the same title as a song you know, there's always that little excitement that, yeah. like, oh my God, did they? Oh no, it's just a song with the same title. Yep. And then uh, my next one is from Frank and Christ. It's called Chicken Farm. And this has some amazing musical moments and the reverb hints like on the guitar hints at like surf rock, but also kind of hints at rockabilly too. And so it kind of blends that to those things and mixes with the, the, the whole orchestration and makes it something almost completely new and different. Rambozo the clown. Well, this is from uh, bedtime for democracy. And this pretty much hits at Ronald Reagan and the cultural ideology of the 1980s. Yeah, it does. And it hits hard. Yeah, it hits hard. It even like does includes an impersonation of uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I stole this cover early, my number four pick. I stole this cover early because yes, I did, did the notes. But I felt like yep. I could because I knew that they had lots and lots of other covers. I picked Rawhide from Plastic Surgery and the In God We Trust double because they put the two EPs together on one disc. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's something really silly and fun about this full speed, almost surf rock cover of Rawhide. And I feel like when I think of Rawhide, this is the version I think of first for this for more than the the Blues Brothers. uh, Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because this is one of the, so I knew the TV show, but the thing I heard most was this one. I didn't hear the Blues Brothers as frequently. I heard this one way more frequently growing up. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, I feel like that one. And then my last one is Funland at the Beach from Fresh Fruit. said, I love this. I I love this uh, because it's got a great rhythm and it's all the stuff I really, really enjoy about the dead Kennedys. Yeah. The, uh, uh, because this is the one that ends with like uh, bodies strewn all over the boardwalk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. It's, yeah, it's uh, sometimes having the lyrics up while you're listening to songs uh, helps. And sometimes it's like, Oh God, I can't believe they're singing yeah. this. Well, and oh that's the thing. God. I think with this guy's, if you're not familiar with the Ed Kennedy's, pull the lyrics up when you listen because it helps you kind of understand what they're doing. And yeah. once you hear it, you can hear it. I mean, it's it's sometimes things get kind of blurry with all the all the chaos around it. So it exactly. It really helps. And and I think it it 
improves the song for me seeing the lyrics mm-hmm. in in almost every case just because you really get the biting wit of the sarcasm of the biting wit of uh, Jello Biafra's writing. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think this was uh, this was a fun week, Hammond. I yeah. really enjoyed this. And, and it was great to kind of revisit a band that I haven't thought about too much with the exception of just, you know, a lot of covers of Too Drunk to Fuck that have, that have come up over the years. Which you can't play um, on TMS. I can't. No, there's nothing. Nobody ever does a, uh, I mean, it feels like it would go against the the spirit of the original if you were to self-censor your cover of yeah. that song, yep. honestly. Yep. Uh, all right, next week. You'd be a sellout if you did. You would be, you would be, absolutely, yes. And Jella would not like you. Hammond, who are we doing next time? So we're making a hard left turn here and we're going to head okay. down Tech Nine Boulevard. <laughs> Nice. Uh, awesome. This is rap. This is, uh, we're doing some rap stuff. And a lot of rap. Tech Nine has a very large uh, discography. Wow. All right. I mean, he's exactly Why? my age. He's exactly my age. Like almost exactly. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Born in 1971? Yep. November. So I'm just a few months older than he is. Oh, wow. No kidding. All right. Cool. And you'll notice that because a, a lot of his musical references and some of those lyrics tie into things we know really, really well. Oh, cool. Because, yeah, because he would have been influenced by the same yeah. things that we were influenced in the same, during the same age. Yep. Eras. Excellent. Well, I can't wait to listen to this. It's going to be fun to, uh, to get into a, uh, an artist that I know so little about. I don't know if I could tell you any of his songs. So you're going to have a good time. I know more than I, I knew more than I thought I did. And uh, going through this, I had a really, really good time. Cool. All right. Looking forward to it. That's coming up next time. Until then, between now and then, get in touch with us, please. Tell us what you think. Do you have a Do you have a story about the first time you heard Holiday in Cambodia? Uh, well, tell us. Email us at soundographypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're into that whole socials thing, we're on Twitter. I'm sorry, we're on X and Threads. Oh, I shouldn't say we're on X. It sounds like we're taking drugs. Find us on the platform X at the soundography, same thing for uh, Instagram and threads where our website, just so you know, yeah. you're in charge of the social media for on the, the Instagram and the threads. I don't have access to that because you did it on your Instagram. Oh. So well, you'll have to, you'll have to curate that stuff. I guess I will. I'll have to post there when we put up a new show. Yeah. So I'll do that. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll do blue sky and, uh, <laughs> and counter social. But yeah, and and X X world and X of course yeah yeah so but yeah uh, yeah you'll have to handle the you'll have to handle the the Instagram because you did that while I was watching uh, uh, that time loop movie with you um, the oh, Matildas um, or whatever it was called yes Madelines uh, too Madelines. many Madelines yeah. yes right. Uh, will do. Excellent. <laughs> uh, our website is soundography.com. Yeah, let, me, let me make that easy right there. Soundography.com. There you go. Uh, every episode is up there for you to download and listen to. And you'll find in the show notes of every episode, the playlist, a link to a Spotify playlist containing all the songs that we talked about. Links to buy the songs, that Amazon link. We're going to link to that um, 40, uh, DK41. Is that what it was called? Yeah, DK40. Or DK40. Yep. DK40. Uh, let's not give them one more extra year when they don't need it. Um, you'll also find a way to support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash soundography to get a whole bunch of extra stuff, extra musical content, extra shows. We're going to be talking about the Wham! documentary this month on uh, our movie discussion, our monthly movie discussion. All of it's there. Patreon.com slash soundography. 
also just so just as a as a side yeah. note for how the baseball is played here uh whatever the phrase is uh how the sausage is made yes, but that's yes. all right yeah. I like how, the, how the baseball, baseball is made um yeah all the patreon they're all caught up I edit and throw it up on Patreon as soon as I finish. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, they've had right. Kiss now for almost two months. <laughs> That's right. And the people, uh, well, I mean, as of the recording of the show, people have just gotten the Kiss episode. Yeah. So, there you go. That's how it's, if you want this quicker, join the Patreon. Um, if you love the show, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to uh, have other people discover the show based on your glowing praise. Um, if you've got glowing praise. There you go. That is going to do it for this edition of Sound Archive. Hammond, anything uh, to close this out? Just the thought that in Coverville we trust. It's so true. So true. Uh, now you're going to screw me up. <laughs> Soundography, Uber, all this. Anyway, uh, that is going to do it for this edition. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Soundography. That one was a mess, but it's it was fun. I needed it. It's an appropriate mess. Uh, it's going to feel weird for me to not clean all that stuff up as I go through it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs>